curious, did anything happen over the last year that changed your perspective as a creator or a podcaster? Was there anything that happened that was just like a bellwether moment for you? You're like, wow, this changes my approach, my way of thinking. You came right at me with that question. I did. <laughs> now, now I have to think about it. I mean, I think for creators, you know, in the podcasting space, it just keeps going up. And, and that has been a pleasant surprise. There's, there was so much I felt like, I don't want to say doom and gloom, but we covered it with the Decentralized series of uh, Spotify. Like, what's Spotify going to do? What's YouTube going to do? We saw Facebook come and go in a second. And I was looking at, man, which big tech company is is going to try to take this over with more force than than what Spotify has done over the last couple of years. And I'm happy to say that none of them did. <laughs> and, you know, that was from an independent creator side. And of course, I'm biased because we're a podcast hosting company. We depend on the RSS feed. I was pleasantly surprised to, that uh, no one really claimed the RSS feed. And that was exciting. And then pair that with all of the movement happening with podcasting 2.0 and a lot of the, the technology that air quotes technology around RSS that they're doing for creators. Not even, I'm not even talking about like the payments and stuff that, that we've talked about on the show before, but just extending the RSS and giving these features out to uh, an open source movement that uh, helps enable these features for hosts like us and our peers to build awesome solutions for creators. And then there's like this third thing where you start looking at, I mean, are we in a recession? We're in a recession. We're not in a recession. There's a looming recession. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know where we're at financially, but I haven't seen a major impact in, in podcasting and audio yet. And I wonder if that's because the big money sees podcasting as very little money. So that big money is still coming into our space uh, fairly, you know, uh, at, at an even pace versus, let's say, maybe film and television that might be getting cutbacks. I don't know that industry, so I couldn't even tell you. But there's still gains to be made uh, for creators, you know, in that space, creating their indie shows, advertising sponsorships, direct uh, subscriptions. I still think that we're we're on the... Uh, up and to the right as we head into 2023, at least in the audio and podcasting space. And I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. It's interesting what you said about it not being seen as big money. I had that conversation with Jenny Turner Hall on an episode of Audience when we covered the series she executive produced called A Simple Her Story. And she's someone who has worked a little bit in television, I think. And she has worked. She's worked for Marvel, making some podcasts for them. So she's worked in the big money space. And she talked about Obviously, there's challenges that come with not having a big budget or not having a big backer, but there's also freedom in that. And I think you hit the nail on the head. I wouldn't say this industry is recession-proof. A year from now, <laughs> I could be proven very wrong uh, if I said that. But I do think it is a little bit safer than something that a lot of money is invested into. It's that I guess it's finding that balance of like, obviously, you want money. We need a budget. We have to live. But... You don't want so much that people are going to pull the plug on it. So I think I think you're right. I think it's seen as low risk, high reward. If it flops, uh, who really cares? You didn't put that much money into it. But now with all this money being invested into IP and the prospect of a series being optioned for like a movie or a Netflix series or, or whatever, I think you're going to see people still investing in it. If I had to guess, 
but I guess we'll see. We'll see how bad things get. But I think we're in a reasonably good position, all things considered. That was a fantastic episode, by the way, uh, that you did. One of the things, I don't remember exactly what she said, but she did bring up, or I think one of you brought up about the concept of evergreen content in, in podcasting and audio. And I think that's one of the advantages of even if you invested money into an audio series, again, I just kind of recollecting what she was talking about that it's still there and still accessible because I don't know, let's face it. My whole family has gone through the flu the last couple of weeks. Uh, Luckily it skipped me and I did nothing but watch movies (laughs) because everyone was sick. My wife was sick. Kids were sick. So I just watched movies and sat down, you know, with Netflix taking care of everybody. But sitting there and watching a movie is a commitment, literal, because you have to watch it, right? And, you know, you have to kind of prepare for it and you're not, you know, you're, you want to enjoy it a little bit. Now, granted, I watched it on my MacBook, <laughs> so it wasn't the best, theat, you know, theater-like experience, especially watching Top Gun. Um, but it was still a commitment in time and in interest. Whereas I think audio, you don't need to prepare mentally as much. I don't know if that's a fair statement to say. But if there is a four-year-old audio series that we didn't get to or that I didn't listen to, it's way easier for me to be like, okay, yes, I can listen to this on my commute, on my g- at the gym, <clears throat> when I'm working. I know it's crazy for some people, but it's way more accessible and I can still tune into that. And I think that that's where we have, I mean, it's audio, right? So that's where we have that advantage um, in the back catalog and, and evergreen content. And, you know, I don't think video and film literally can't get that because it's very it's impossible to drive and watch top gun at the same time though i'm sure there are some who tried it so i do remember the conversation you're referring to obviously because it was pretty recent but i I was talking with jenny turner hall and i think the context of what you were describing was comparing and contrasting putting on a live performance which a lot of people involved with the simple her story that was kind of their background and a simple her story really does feel like experimental theater and it's a lot of stage actors and producers and writers who came together to make this series and we were talking about when you put on a live performance like that what do those run for a week maybe maybe two weeks if it's if it's big and that's it it's gone after that Someone might film it, but it's not really meant to be a film. It's meant to be experienced in the theater. So if you don't get a big turnout for that, well, that's it. You missed your window versus something that's evergreen, even if it doesn't come out with like a bang, even if it's not getting covered, if it's not getting, you know, making the top of the year list by, by whoever, it's there. And who knows what could happen in a year or two. And I, and I think that is maybe at least my rationale for why at audience, we kind of pivoted away from a lot of the shows we are, a lot of the episodes we are making into something that I think is going to have a little bit more staying power. Cause I can go back and look at the analytics and I get it. The episodes about like monetization and giving tips. I know those get more listens, but that stuff's a little bit ephemeral too. Stuff changes so fast that you make something about technology or marketing or whatever. Six months from now, it's, it's almost outdated. So I think you're Matt, you're doing a pretty good job with like the YouTube channel and the newsletter and the blog and all that and keeping people up to date on some of the latest and the episodes I think are going directly to the source of people who are creating really, really good work. And that's the thing to me that has staying power, the technology, the distribution, the marketing, it's all going to change. It's always going to change. But the root of what we're doing is 
creating good audio, good storytelling. And that's going to transcend mediums. I want to have a cheerleader moment and a therapy session at the same time. <laughs> so the cheerleader, and, and this is one of the great things for you know 2022 as, as we kind of look back at it, is the turnaround that you've been able to orchestrate with audience. Just a phenomenal job. Every episode is a master class uh, for audio creators, no matter what level. And it's just because of exactly what you've said. And so a perfect example is when you and I were in uh, behind the scenes naming uh, our Sam Sethi or titling our Sam Sethi episode. And the marketing person in me was like, we got to say Podland transitions to pod news. But that's just in the moment, right? That just people know that now. And it's not this sort of evergreen concept. It's just flashy headline. Uh, and I think you ran with the title, uh, change, uh, changing, changing the direction of your show or changing, uh, the show format or something like that. Changing and, a but, show but, with Sam Sethi. Changing a show with Sam Sethi, which is much more evergreen and it just makes more sense. <laughs> you know, it's like I come in and I'm just like, how do we get those clicks and those eyeballs? But you're like, Hey, we're, we're creating content here that is everlasting. And we want people to go back. If we ever want to say a reference point to say, thinking about, like when we're talking to a customer, thinking about changing the direction of your show, listen to this episode, aptly named, right? So it makes total sense. But the therapy session in me is, man, looking back at 2022, headed in 2023, and we're going to talk about how we're going to reshape the show a little bit here, uh, the format and the seasons of audience to kind of combat what I'm about to talk about, is, man, you're putting out amazing content. You have amazing guests, the freaking editing is amazing, right? Like, it's just amazing. I tune in to every single episode, and I'm just like, sometimes you give me the preview, sometimes I don't get to it ahead of time, but I'm listening to it Thursday morning when it goes live. But, and we, this is the, this is the big, you know, it depends moment in, in the podcasting space. Every podcast uh, consultant, coach, myself included, dare I say, podcast guru says, just make great content and your show will work. <laughs> well, guess what? We make great content, but we need more listeners and we need to be more tactful on, uh, spo- on whatever it is, sponsorship, promotion, marketing, guests being more involved. Like we have to start taking that medicine of, okay, now we need to promote this and market this a little bit more. That might me- mean we bring down the amount of episodes we produce, which, yes, that's the, the quick answer to it. Um, but, man, I think everyone should be listening to this. Every- everybody should be retweeting. And it's a frustration of mine as a creator to say, man, we got the best content for podcasters out there. And uh, that's just the, the flag I'm going to try to fly in 2023. To me, and I've said this before on episodes I try to be pretty transparent about, like, I'm not good at marketing. I don't know how to market this stuff. I feel usually pretty good about the stuff I make, whether it is this, what we did on Three Clips, or Obscure Ball. And, yeah, it is. it, it can be a bummer sometimes when, you know, you go back and look at the analytics and you did all this prep work for a show, and, yeah, you got a couple hundred downloads, and that's okay. But, you know, obviously you, you want to shoot for higher. Yeah, and I don't, I don't really have a, a quick fix to that, other than what I tell people who I think are making good stuff if it's evergreen i'm like hang in there because it's there it's going to be relevant three four or five years from now so i I, i'll say the same thing to you and to myself to kind of maybe ease (laughs) some of our uh, assuage some of our our insecurity here that 
you know, maybe people will be finding these in a couple years and we'll, uh, it'll, it'll be on the up and up. Yeah. And it's not, it's not that it's like going in, in the wrong direction, but, and it's a little bit of, you know, you're so close to, well, I'm so close to just like being in the, in the industry, you know, man, and all the other podcast hosts, and this is, I'm going to get on the soapbox because this is our show. And, and I hope other creators feel the same sort of passion for, for their work. It's, it's what drives me to create better content sort of just in the, in the passenger seat to you really. But I look at what other podcast hosting companies are doing and it's just, it's just a little bit of an advertisement for, you know, their, for their for host. And it's, it, it's all basic like tutorial stuff, which is fine. Like that's great. But like, we're going deep. Like I said, it's a, it's a master class, and that's okay. Like it's where we started. It's only been what just this year really from, from that turnaround. So I'm not super concerned about it. It's just the, com- the competitor slash creator in me is that I just want everyone to listen, but we're going to change that. And we're going to talk about that right now. We're going to do something a little bit different for, for 2023. We're going to go into seasons, two seasons. <laughs> I tentatively, think yeah, tentatively, that is the plan. I think I've, as I've been planning this out, I'm imagining in my head two 10 episode seasons, a couple months apart. So the plan right now is to roll out season two. We're going to call it. <laughs> so everything for the past several years is, is season one, technically. <laughs> and then uh, season two is going to begin in March of 2023. Uh, I'm not quite ready to announce who the guests are going to be. But at the moment, we are in talks with, I'll say, two pretty high profile podcasters that are going to be worth listening to 100%. Yeah. And then I think also we're going to supplement time between seasons with some re-airs, maybe a couple of uh, you and I doing this, touching base every now and again. And I think, I think we're even working on getting some like different like webinars planned and bringing on some like previous, previous guests to maybe have another chat, answer some questions, that type of thing. So it's going to get us more into the direction of creating shows the way they're supposed to be created. Not that we were ever doing anything particularly bad in the past, but we always tell people who come to Castos, like, you should really consider the uh, seasonal approach. And, oh, by the way, we do an episode every single week, and a lot of times we're scrambling at the last minute. And our team behind the scenes as well, people like Esel and, and Jocelyn and Marnie, who, who help us out with the production, I think they're going to like us a lot more if we're able to give them some some more lead time and getting show notes written, getting the website ready, that type of thing. Uh, and, and so it'll just allow us again to go even more in depth with some of these episodes. And I, I could tell you a little bit about my, my process of, I try to do pre-interviews with, with guests. I, I try to, if I'm profiling their podcast, I try to listen to as many of their episodes as possible. If it's a limited series, I make sure I listen to the entire thing. So given ourselves, you know, 20 episodes like this a year, will give us time to really, really focus on episodes and market those and make connections uh, rather than scrambling at the last minute to try to get episodes made. Because if somebody cancels on you and that's understandable when that happens, well, you are screwed if the episode's supposed to come out in five or six days or even, even a week. It's not a lot of time to try to compensate. So that's my thinking on it. And I, I hope, uh, yeah, I, I hope the end product will be an improvement on upon what we built on this past year. 
for all the ranting I did about all the hard work <laughs> you accomplished in 2022, this is the luxury a creator can have. And when you zoom out and you say, oh boy, 20 episodes, you know, for a whole year, 52 weeks in a year, et cetera. But when you zoom out there, there's, I mean, we look at just the holidays, like just the week of holidays, like we're in right now, Thanksgiving now headed into Christmas and this whole like between Thanksgiving and Christmas period, we know that not everyone is tuning in because everyone's going crazy, at least I, I guess in the U.S. And uh, these are moments that you can reuse that evergreen co content we just talked about and re-air these to fill in the gaps. And once you start covering, you know, holidays or summer breaks or just those pockets of time where you know there's a dip in either your creativity or listenership, it makes total sense <laughs> to do what we tell everyone else to do, which is set up in seasons and then bookend that with either re-airs and what we're going to do in the middle, sort of the cream filling of our podcast, uh, will be sort of these live events that we've done in the past uh, for you know our, our hosting product, right, and, and bringing people together. I'm looking forward to that as like, again, I keep saying that the stuff you're putting out is a masterclass for, for audio creators, no matter what level. I want to kind of do the same thing and have like a, a half day event where we'll get some of the, the past guests or future guests and get them together uh, to do sort of some kind of paneled uh, live Q&A where audience listeners and Casso's customers can come and ask questions of these sort of top tier creators and of yourself and just have a, a better experience with it, you know, sort of brought to you by uh, the audience podcast, right? So that's kind of the idea uh, in the middle of these seasons. And that's just what we're going to be doing for, you know, marketing and promotion around the show. Um, try to bring a live component to it, right? Just another sort of arm of uh, marketing and promotion that one can do with a, with a podcast. And, and we'll see how it goes. Again, we're we're learning through this industry, you know, as well as all social media sites burn. We're trying to find new places uh, to go and promote. We have a very strong email list. We have a dedicated audience to audience. We have the three clips property as well. So we have some luxury and um, I'm looking forward to it. Like I I'm excited for it. There's, you know, again, competitive creator rant moments aside. Uh, I think we're in the, in the right direction with audience. You know, I asked you at the beginning of this episode, like, what happened over the past year that changed how you thought about podcasting and creation and this career path we've we've chosen? And I think back on that centralized versus decentralized series we did. And I, I went into it, admittedly, not really having a strong opinion, not really knowing a whole lot about it. Probably not as much as a producer like myself should, should know. I admittedly just, you know, again, I, I tend to focus maybe too much on the creative side. That having been said, I learned a lot listening to like you guys talk, like you and Sam Sethi and you and Adam Curry and you and Tanner. And it was, it was really good conversations. But I think without getting too in-depth with uh, the whole Elon Musk and Twitter saga, to me what that is, I think, demonstrated to everybody is how quickly a platform that, has, that was seen as valuable can spiral out of control. And so when people say, well, we're going to put all our eggs in the Spotify basket, we're going to trust them to be good stewards. Not saying anything about how Spotify is currently run, but even if you think that they're good stewards of people's work and their content, and I think musicians would probably have a pretty strong opinion about that. Even if that's your belief, look how quickly that can change. 
Can you imagine an Elon Musk type person buying Spotify? Any podcast critical of Tesla will probably get deplatformed. I don't think he would hesitate to do that. And I don't I don't think his strongest supporters would would call him out on that. And you gotta have something in your back pocket. You know, Adam Curry talked a lot about that about like deplatforming and that type of thing. And while he's probably coming at it maybe from a different perspective than I am, I think that there's still a principle at work here of you really can't control what Spotify does. Can't control what Apple Podcasts does. But as a creator, you can control your own RSS feed. You can try to implement some form of value for value. And you can kind of be your own captain, if you will. And not not rely on these these big tech giants because, you know, again, I think we've always looked at them as too big to fail. And it would appear, at least as of right now, they are failing. And maybe that's good. I, I don't necessarily look at that as being the worst thing that could happen. I think if as creators, you know, again, we have a little bit more autonomy. We kind of control the distribution a little bit more. I think there could be something better on the other side of all this lunacy, all this confusion. You're talking to a guy who uh, built a career in open source, uh, specifically with, uh, well, <clears throat> I won't go way back to my legacy days, but uh, a 15-year career in, in covering WordPress and building WordPress sites, and this is an open source uh, piece of software. Many of our listeners probably already know about it. And when you hear it on the outside, you're just like, oh, I don't know. It's just a piece of software. Like, oh, why is this crazy guy talking about, you know, WordPress and love it so much? Same thing when people hear like, oh, these just these crazy people talking about RSS feeds and podcasting. We already have Spotify and, and Apple and YouTube and all this stuff. But WordPress is open source. Podcasting 2.0 is open source. It's a collection of humans not associated, although some, especially in the WordPress space, have jobs at corporate entities like a GoDaddy, like a Bluehost that, that create, help create WordPress, but it's all open source. You can do whatever you want with it. You can publish whatever you want. You can bring it any to any web host. Same thing with an RSS feed with podcasting. It's yours. You control it. What is the... What's the, the trade-off is you don't have distribution on a social media platform. Like you don't have that leverage. Now you can go and you can say, listen to my show and all that fun stuff. Spotify gives you a search engine. YouTube gives you a search engine, but it's their platform. And that's the trade-off that one must make. What's funny is I see everyone, <clears throat> especially in the Twitter space um, or the podcasting space on Twitter, leaving Twitter. Uh, there's a great new Discord server that's out there that Ariel and others run. Uh, but I see a lot of people switching to to Macedon, myself included, which is an open source, just for late, uh, easy speak, uh, a Twitter alternative. But it's open source. It's made by other humans, not an, uh, a corporate entity. And I see people get there and they go, this thing is terrible, right? It, it's not as good. Well, of course it's not as good. It doesn't have billions of dollars pumped into it. It's made by your neighbor. Right. So imagine if your neighborhood was like, we got to go build a new town. Who's going to build it? We are. <laughs> we're going to go clear that land by by hand. And well, are we going to go to Home Depot to buy? Good? No, we're going to do it ourselves. We're not going to touch. We're not going to have any corporate interest. We're not going to have any outside investment. You're going to look like, you know, Tom Hanks and Castaway. <laughs> That's what you're going to look like while you build that town because you're not getting all of this corporate interest. You're not bringing all this money in. And this is what you get. This is the organic 
software, if you will. I have a big thing, which I won't go into as I'm on the soapbox about blue collar digital workers. That's a thing. That's what I label myself. I am somebody who knows technology that just wants to help people with it and build, you know, some cool things and, and, and help people along. And I think that's a whole new movement because of this. Finally, 10 years into social media sites, people are realizing, oh yes, we're getting burned again. Put all my content into this silo so that they can run ads against it, which I don't see a nickel of. Oh, I guess, uh, I guess I've learned that lesson again. I should own my content. Hello, WordPress is great. Podcasting, uh, RSS feeds, phenomenal because you can control it. The trade-off is roll up your sleeves and start promoting and thinking like a marketer and a business person. Unfortunately, that's the trade-off, but you reap the rewards. Yeah, but I mean, some of that, the technology stuff is not always intuitive. I will grant you that. But the concept of if you want your thing, your podcast, your YouTube channel, whatever it is to be successful, yeah, you're going to have to work. Like, I think it's been, I don't want to insult anybody, but it has been maybe baffling and a little bit frustrating to me when people make that realization and they're surprised by it. Like, what did you think was going to happen? That there was going to be some silver bullet that you're going to go into a very crowded space where some of the most talented creative people in the world are making great content and somehow you were just going to, what, automatically be successful? It's hard. It's hard work. We work really, really hard at what we do. And I don't think we're where we want to be just yet. Like I said, we're on the right trajectory, but there's there's work to be done. And I think, yeah, people are going to have to kind of accept that if it's going to be successful, it's not going to be because of an algorithm necessarily. Maybe the algorithm helps you. What the hell do I know? But uh, well, it, it does. It certainly does. Like Spotify, YouTube, YouTube, when, when they launch podcasting, it's going to be a scary thing because they have monetization built in. They have obviously a phenomenal, the leading search engine <laughs> uh, for finding stuff. And they are, there's already video content there. So, I mean, if they ever get their act together, it's going to be a fantastic solution. But like we're already seeing uh, in pod news, two days ago or yes, yesterday, I can't remember, there was uh, sort of some leaked information that p- potentially Anchor will go away and it'll just be Spotify. And you're just going directly to Spotify. So they're just going to, you know, get rid of the Anchor name, which it obviously is probably smart for them. But what does that mean for all of the free podcasters that are already using Anchor as their, you know, de facto free solution? Who knows what that does to the feature set and the distribution of an RSS feed? Will they take that away? Who knows? Um, one last note on the open source side of it, because it's not just the software, it's the human factor. Uh, the open source is not new. It might be new to some listening to this because of everything going on with Twitter, moving to Mastodon, talking about RSS feeds. But for instance, with WordPress, if there's a new version coming out, there's always uh, every quarter a new version coming out. So 6.2, I think, is coming up next. You can go into the Slack channel or to WordPress.org's website, see everything that's coming, and comment on it. So if you didn't like something, you could literally go and say, I don't like that feature. Here's why. This is a better alternative. We should do this. Now, look, of course, like everything else in the world, like from your uh, town meetings, you know, talking about which potholes get filled to which button goes into WordPress. Yeah, okay, you might not have effect on, on changing something, but you have a voice and you can get it out there 
And if you have a great case, you could actually affect the way WordPress is developed without even writing lines of code. Same thing with podcasting 2.0. You might not like the tech of Mastodon and going into this group. And yes, they're all a little bit techie right now. But as more people adopt podcasting 2.0, as a creator, you can go in and say, you know, you should really support, I don't know, PayPal links. I'm just throwing this out there. You should be able to support PayPal links in the RSS feed, which they do. But if they didn't, you could make that case. And it might not go into the next version, but you have a seat at the table, you have a voice, and you can leave a comment and say, this is why I think this is the right direction. So it's not just about the software and the buttons and everything you're clicking, but it's the, it's the process behind it, right? It's the voting, it's the communication, it's the scheduling, it's everything. And you have to give back a little bit in open source uh, to, get the, to get the outcome that you're, that you're looking for. So you either have to chime in and say something or you know, write up a spec or draw some things in, a, in Photoshop and say, this is what it should really look like and give that back. Sort of like value for value, right? This feels like a, yeah. This feels like we've we've covered a lot of ground. It's been it's been an eventful year. I feel like um, you know between three clips and, and audience and, and everything we're doing, and uh, of course also behind the scenes too, kind of revamping and trying to think more critically about you know the production service we offer at Castos, and I think that's also heading in the right direction. I think uh, at least personally, I've been able to kind of wrap my mind around. Like what we're what we're capable of offering at the moment, what we what we can do, and uh, that too is on I think an upward trajectory. Yeah. Uh, in closing out, I just want to thank everybody for you know tuning in to audience uh, for being a loyal audience to the audience podcast. I took over from Craig. I don't know two and a half ish years ago. Stuart's been running it since January twenty twenty two, right? Fully. So I mean, you've been again doing a phenomenal job masterclass in every episode everyone keep tuning in tell everyone about this um if you need help running your podcast into 2023 maybe you're a brand maybe you're a business maybe you're a creator you just don't want to do it anymore reach out to us at productions.castos.com or hello at castos.com i'm going to have a link in the show notes have a very short survey for uh for you to take if you're a creator doing donations subscriptions uh, anything but ads. <laughs> um, I have this quick little survey. We're just trying to get uh, a rough number of how much money you made in 2022. It's all anonymous. You don't have to put in uh, your contact information. You don't have to name your show. You don't have to name yourself. We're just looking to find that number so that we can talk about it on audience in the newsletter, the YouTube channel, and the blog. <laughs> I'm going to do a little creator wrap up of what uh, you might expect having a donation link like a buy me a coffee or a patreon or casos podcast subscriptions thanks for listening everybody